Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. On today's episode of Brody and the Beard, Kelly and I are going to talk about the John Wall for Russell Westbrook trade, what's going on with James Harden and the impact there for the Rockets, and we got some podcast news. If the offense is triangular, it's something like a prism. Put you on that lockdown defense like a prison. Hakeem was the dream. The MVPs must be his children. They won 22 games in a row. That's a rhythm. Triple-double rust, man. I need you to acknowledge he don't do this for the optics, man. He do this for the Rockets. Opponents want the smoke. They in his pockets. Don't you get him started? He a monster. He a lockness. Ah. And James Harden, that's the beer gang. Every time he dribble, his opponents feeling fear, man. It's Brody and the beard, don't be a victim. The legends in the flesh to the show you are a witness. Seek and you shall find all the answers to your questions. Tune in, he gon' tell the truth, you like confessions. Gather round, come and hear the word, just like a Christian. I'm urging you to listen, it's the Kelly ecosystem. Yeah. Welcome to the last episode of Brody and the Beard for several different reasons on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mo DeKeel. With me, as always, is our man on the ground, covers the Houston Rockets for the Athletic, Kelly Eco. Kelly, how you doing? What's up, brother? How you doing, brother? Hey, same old, same old. You know me. Yeah, man. It's been a busy week for you. <laughs> lots, <laughs> what lots, is it not? A lot has not, happened. Though? Yeah, you know, it just seems to be nonstop right now in Houston. Yeah. Uh, this, I mean, for obvious reasons, the one half of the Brody and the Beard is no longer a rocket. <laughs> the The Houston Rockets traded Russell Westbrook to the Washington Wizards for John Wall and a heavily protected 2023 first round pick. Right. Uh, Kelly, I mean, this was a couple nights ago. So, man, now that you've had some time to digest it, what what are your thoughts? Um. I- I kind of saw this coming. If, you know, first when Shams reported that the Wizards and Houston were engaged in talks, uh, I had heard, you know, kind of the moving parts that were going on behind the scenes. And you kind of got the sense that it was just a matter of uh, when, not if. Obviously, as teams began their training camps in media week uh, this week, 
Russ wasn't in town. He was expected to come in midweek, but, you know, from what I heard, he was just waiting, you know, for the final call of where he was going to be playing. You know, obviously, with him uh, being with 31, 32, his career is on the back end. He wants to know where he's going to be playing. He, his kids, a big part of his life, they want to know where they're going to be spending time with their dad. Um, he wanted everything sorted. Given how the season ended with Houston, the playoff meltdown, um, him and James Clay didn't work out together. Uh, they're too too much of a similar player in, in the sense that they both need the ball at all times. They don't particularly play well off the ball. Um, it wasn't like you know the West, the Chris Paul and James where Chris was so great off the ball, he's such a good shooter and spacer that it didn't matter if uh, the ball was in his hands all the time. Russ is someone like James who has an extremely high usage north of 32, 33. Um, he needs the ball in his hands. And the Rockets kind of figured out that, you know, that pairing wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to give them long-term success. And that was kind of always the worry, you know, for people like you and and us and just around the league is that how is this going to work? Um, granted, it was a strange year with the hiatus and, you know, Russ catching COVID and getting the injury in the playoffs. But, you know, even at its best, it was always a my turn, your turn thing. It was less of a partnership and more of a uh, – it was just like an exchange. I don't know. It's hard to put in, into words exactly what that pairing was. But, you I, know, the I, trade I got a happened. couple words for it. What was up? <laughs> They're not good words. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've, you've known – I mean, shoot, since the beginning of this podcast, I was like, this right. isn't really going to work. I, I didn't think this was something that was, this was a championship pairing from the beginning, no. you know? And no. it's it, it, it's one of those things. And I think what you were looking for, Kelly, the word you're looking for was there wasn't any partnership or any cohesion between yeah. the two of them. It was like you said, it was, you know, it, it, here's the problems. And and our, our, our buddy Ali Khan wrote, you know, uh, a piece about this back in January that I kind of revisited recently. But, you know, when Harden gives up the ball, he goes stands near half court. Like, he's not involved in the offense. It becomes four on four, and there's a reason behind it because obviously, you know, it opens up space and stuff. But he becomes very disengaged with the offense at that point and just stands around and things like that. And that just doesn't work in general. And and you never see that with championship teams. And that's why – you know, it's it's not shocking to see this pairing kind of break up. I am surprised though, Kelly, because I didn't, I wasn't a hundred percent sure there'd be a market for Russ. Right. I that was really kind of my thing was, and I think the the Rockets, the first chance they had to get a potentially get a first round <laughs> pick out of this, yeah. they jumped at it, and you know, it's it's pretty interesting in that regard. They got a first round pick, but you got to remember when they traded for Russ. They gave up two picks and two pick swaps, so basically four picks. You know. Yeah, and, and and when you go back and think about it, it's like, why did they do that? That was such a lot for something that you kind of almost were hoping that was going to be a fit, but you weren't guaranteed. Now, obviously, me and you talked about this over the year how the Rockets essentially changed everything about their team to suit Russ. You know, the whole move for small ball was to suit Russ. You know, trading Capella for Coverton was to give him more space. Uh, theoretically on the floor to operate. Even prior to the trade, you know, after getting a deal for Christian Wood, you know, Coach Salas was already in the lab trying to trying to uh, come up with schemes to kind of get Russ more the ball 
as a natural point guard and, and make James play, play more off ball. Um, but even at that, it was still it was going to be a struggle because they're just too similar. They're gifted scorers. Russ, obviously, age has caught up to him. Athleticism has kind of waned a bit and the injuries and everything. But he he only knows one speed, you know, which is 100 miles an hour. And that's that's great. And that and during the season, last season for eight weeks, it was one of the best things in the NBA. You know, when he was on his, you know, efficiency tear, averaging 31, 8 and 8, he couldn't be stopped. But once injuries kicked in and COVID kicked in, he kind of looked really pedestrian. Um, and as a team like Houston, if you're trying to get a, to a championship level and you understand that James Harden, his career, although he's 31, still in the prime of his career, it's ticking. And, you know, desperation seeks in. And so you kind of have to see what you can get out there. If you know that that pairing is not going to work and they're taking another risk again, you know, bringing in John Wall. Yeah, let's let's kind of talk about the John Wall aspect of this trade. You know, there. Listen, we haven't seen John Wall play in almost two years, right. almost exactly two years. I think the last a, time he played a, a game, a big, yeah, <laughs> was December 26, twenty eighteen. Like that's a huge thing, and it's been, you know, it was the heel injury, then he ruptured his Achilles. You know, right. even the the two seasons before, he didn't play a whole lot. We've seen what it looks like when John Wall's healthy. Right. And that's good. He's a hell of a ball player when he's healthy. Right. We just don't right. know fully what we're getting in John Wall. We've seen the reports. Everybody's talking about, oh, he looks great and stuff like by that. Every, play, every player looks good in this Yeah, I, that's what I say. I mean, like, I look great in the offseason. You know, the reports come back. They're like, oh, man, Mo's lost a ton of weight. He's looking faster than ever. He's going to tear it up this season. Season starts, I start eating again. It's a whole different deal, you know? So, I mean, it's it's right. it, we, we've heard this story. We have to see it. You know, we're we're gonna have to see it to really feel comfortable with it, and it's gonna have to be something that lasts all season. It can't be like, oh, he he was good for two months and then got hurt, right? Like that's gonna be the challenge. But what do you think? Now let's just suspend disbelief a little bit, okay? Let's okay. just assume we're getting eighty percent John okay. Wall. Okay. What's your What's your view of that? How does that help the Rockets and things? Because I got my opinions. I wrote about yeah. it for Bleacher Report, but I want to hear yeah. your thoughts. Um, I think 80% is interesting. It depends on two things. Number one, it depends on how much of a change Harden is willing to go through to become more accommodating of, of lead ball handlers. Um, he could be a much bigger help if he you know, does simple things, cut, screen, you know, just initiate offense and just be a connector. Um, it doesn't always have to start and end with him. But also, John Wall can also space the floor a little bit better than Russ. Um, he's been a pretty decent catch-and-shoot guy over his career. I think it's around, what, 37 38%? Yeah, um, it's, it's about it's about he, he, 38%. He, he's a more natural playmaker. He doesn't require – he's not so much of a score-first guard as Russ is. As a coach, you can put him through actions. You can, you can trust that he'll be the quarterback of your team. Uh, John Wall because he's a brilliant player. Um, his vision is impeccable, um, and he knows. I think early on in his, in his career, he was almost how Russ is now going 100 miles an hour all the time, and they had to teach him to slow down and to pick his spots and change his pace. And he's gotten more mature. So I do think 80 percent of John Wall is still pretty good. Now, is it going to get Houston to serious contender status? No, they still need some more pieces around them. Um, but I mean, it's better than another season of what 
would have been Russ and James. Yeah, no, I mean they're not they're not a contender with no. with this trade. And and here's the other thing. They weren't a contender before this trade. That wasn't, you know, it wasn't looking at the moves in the West, like there there was a serious I had serious questions, you know, that this team was going to be one of the top six teams. I thought they might be in the playing games <clears throat> come by the end of the season, just because how deep the West is and all that stuff. You know, the the things I like about Wall, you know, a, a normal healthy Wall is, you know, and you touched on it all, career 38.5% catch and shoot right. shooter. That's compared to the 328 from Russ as a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. Like, that's just massively different and opens the court up a little bit for James. But his passing is is on the level of Chris Paul. He's yeah. got that kind of court vision. He makes passes. He sees, he sees the pass before the guy who's going to receive it. And I think that's a really important aspect there. And I think that's something that maybe Russ doesn't have. Russ gets a lot of assists and things like that, but it's not the same yeah. in the way that, you know, Wall's just a better passer. But this all yeah. comes down to one thing, and you touched on it as well, and I, I'm going to hammer it home. It's all going to come down on Harden making a change. Right. You know, and, and you know, you said he's got to do all the little things. I mean, that's an absolute must. He's The offense cannot just be centered around James Harden isolations. No. Houston has done it for a few years now to varying degrees of success, but never success beyond the conference finals, you know? And, and I think it's time to, you know, James has to take a look at it. And I think with Steven Silas coming in as a coach, it's a chance for new change, new regime. Everybody kind of start thinking a little bit differently out of the box. Cause if you put right. the ball in Wall's hands a little bit more, you know, you're, you're going to open up things for James. I think the stuff that will happen is he'll find easier ways to score as a screener you know setting a screen and then slipping or popping out or things like that and and I mean that as an off-ball screener I think moving around and movement will open things up for him and 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 all this will depend again the caveat Wall's health but I think it's time that, that James has got to see that this is you know this is the time to make that change you know and and the key is they can always go back to the isolation game they, they shouldn't completely abandon it Right, but that's just got to be yeah. one tool in the toolkit. It can't be the only tool in the toolkit, and I think right. that's kind of the big, the big change. I think that the Rockets have to make this season for this to even have any chance of working. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Right. That's and, and that's kind of what And that's kind of what Coach Silas has been kind of preaching, that he didn't come here to throw everything out that's been working, you know, for so many years, but he came to bring versatility. He came to bring, uh, like you said, more tools in the box. The Rockets kind of got 
wedded to one style of play last season, and and at times it looked beautiful. You know, when, there were times when the small ball lineup was a, a destructive force, but there are times when they kind of got in their own way a bit. That they 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 ceded too much to James, and if he wasn't going to bail them out, you know, they looked like a deer in headlights. So I think bringing in John Wall, bringing in Stephen Silas, two gifted minds, I think you you have the potential to kind of be a more diverse offense. And even if you diversify your portfolio like 5-10%, um, that's going to be a world's difference than what we've seen uh, over the last four years. And with all due respect to Mike Natone, because you know he was Houston's uh, most successful head coach in a, in a very long time. But uh, they kind of always ran into a wall. And I think what Coach Silas and what John Wall, no pun intended, bring – is the potential to break through that wall. Yeah, and and this is something I think, you know, even teammates of Harden have been asking for. You know, like got to have more mm-hmm. ball movement, got to change things up here a bit. And I think it's this if it doesn't happen now, it's never going to happen. But this also leads to the ultimate question, Kelly. What is going on with James Harden? You know, from the reports I've seen, he hasn't shown up yet in Houston. You can tell me if that's changed or not at this point. Um you know, we, we know he did at one point request a trade, correct? Right. You know, is where is he right now? Where 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 do the Rockets stand with James Harden? Um, they remain confident that, you know, he'll he'll be with the team and he'll be focused for the season. Um I think today he was in Atlanta. Or last night he was in Atlanta for um little baby's birthday. But um I do think he'll be with the team. You know, early obviously earlier in the offseason we reported that he was locked in for the season and then <laughs> the the you know, like a week later the trade request came out. But um for James I think he understands that look, this is this is your city. This is everything you built is here. He just opened up a new restaurant, a fine dining restaurant called Thirteen. Great year to right. open up a restaurant. <laughs> I mean, he loves the city. That's what I'm no, saying. Like, he, it, no, he's, he's invested in the city. There's no yeah, question about that. He's invested in Houston. Like, like he's invested in Houston. Now, when it comes to basketball, I think he'll be here. You know, obviously, uh, Coach Allen said he wants to give him his space, um, being as a star player, the franchise player. Uh, it is important that he has the 100% buying of his team, and that starts with James. So, I, I don't think Coach Silas wants to come in and ruffle any feathers and say, hey, Get to camp, you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's it's a situation that's fluid. Um, they'll kind of see how it plays out. I, personally, I think he'll be in camp. I think he'll be ready to go for preseason, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, and let me ask you this question because I don't know anymore. Like, I, I honestly thought I wasn't convinced that they were going to find a trade for Westbrook. You know, I, I didn't think they'd actually pull the, the John Wall trade off. Um but let me ask you this question then, because I got no clue anymore. What's your confidence level in James Harden finishing the season as a Houston Rocket? We know the trade deadline is, I think, mid-March. Yeah. About that. So uh, my, what's my your conf- confidence uh, confidence level that James Harden will finish the season as a Rocket? I want to say uh, 80%. I think he'll finish the season. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go... 50 right now just because every time i seem to think it's not going to happen it happens um and you and we can make fun of the fact that i did no 
thought there was no chance Christian Wood was coming. And lo and behold, he's there in camp. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I am now just going with, uh, it's 50-50 is my stance here. Oh, hedge your bets, Mo. Yeah, well, that's what I'm doing now. I'm literally just going to split it down the middle. I can see him trading him. I can see him finishing this season as a racket. <laughs> so that's kind of the, the, the way I look at it. Yeah. You know, um, and my big thing is there aren't a lot of options out there. I feel no, like that's the, that's the thing. Like there, there are not a lot of options that the Rockets would look at and say, you know, they might do this. Now, if some in some crazy world, if Devin Booker is available, then yeah, they would do that. I think, but you know, he's not. I would and... keep an eye. I would just keep an eye on how the season starts in Philadelphia. Yeah, and that's that's what that's what I reported uh, what, a few weeks ago that Philly. There was a deep effort to try and get him to go to Philly. Um, yeah, like and, and team up with Daryl. I mean, we know he the the rumors yeah. were that he wanted to go to Brooklyn um, and team up with KD and Kyrie, but I don't know necessarily if that's smart. Makes a lot of sense if that's a good fit. Yeah. You know, with Philly, it's it's interesting, and then Philly can always throw in Ben Simmons in the deal, right? Like that's what the basically the center of the, the, the deal would be between the two of them. Obviously more would have to be involved in all this stuff. But yeah. uh I think that I would just keep an eye on if Philly's season starts out and they're struggling early on and, and, and it doesn't and it looks like they're heading to another disappointing year. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see them being willing to pull the trigger. If they're rolling well, I don't think they'd be interested and I don't think there's a lot of options after that that would open the door for a, a, a James Harden trade. Yeah. So, Kelly, we do got to – this is the last episode of Brody and the Beard, and it's not just because Russell Westbrook was traded. This is our last episode, folks. We're, we're – the, the Brody and the Beard is no longer. We are the um, – it is run its course. Kind of perfect that Russell Westbrook got traded. Sort of go out with a bang, right, Kelly? <laughs> Thanks, Russ. Worked worked out for us there in that sense, um, but folks, I I want to say thank you for rocking with us. It's been right. a fun year, one hundred percent. You know, we've uh, there. There's a couple of people we got to thank behind the scenes. We started the the year out, and and she handled most of the podcast. But Sasha Shaw was our producer to start out. Right. Shout out Sasha, one hundred percent. Big thank you to Sasha. Then we went to we had uh, to Mike Zimmerman. Uh, and, as, Mike Smeltz. And, and then we had Mike Smeltz and now and, and our current producer Andrew Schlecht who I'm sure is super tired of my text messages to him constantly going like oh hey by the way we're recording a podcast right now um, <laughs> who isn't tired of most six you know yeah, I, I'm sure he's he's tired of dealing with me um, I, I am very thankful to have gotten the podcast with the turtleneck shorty Biggie Velvet um I forgot yeah, some of your other nicknames. Mine, oh, oh man! Mine, no, and we had some great shot. guests. We had, we had some great guests. Our first ever guest, Michael Frazier. You know, Shane Battier. You know, the, all the, kinds of people came through. I mean, one of, one of the best episodes I thought we ever did was, and and as all our fans would understand, without me. But you had uh, Tabo Cephalosha, really? um, which was really a very powerful episode. My um, man, Marcus. And, we had we had yeah Marcus Allen. We had a lot of people. We had now the current GM, uh, right. Rafael Stone. You know we're we're 
we did well. I think we did a good job for you guys. We gave the truth. I know some of y'all didn't like it when yeah. I was being honest, um, but it was a good time, Kelly. What, yeah. what, what do you got for the people? Uh, stay safe, man. Um, you'll hear me again somewhere, maybe. Yep. Yep, there'll be, you know, Kelly's not going anywhere. He's still covering the Rockets. You can read him at theathletic.com. Make sure you subscribe. I don't know. We've had so many promotions going on. I don't know which one's live, but uh, make sure you jump in on that. I'm not going anywhere. I am still doing podcasts. You can catch me on Nerd or She Wrote on Fridays on the NBA show. Uh, I'll be bouncing around on the Daily Ding, and I'm sure I'll be a guest on a few other podcasts as the season goes on, folks. Right. But that's it. And for one last time, for Kelly Eco, for Andrew Schleck, for me, Mo DeKeel, we out! As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.